Welcome to Mulready Minutes with Oklahoma Insurance Commissioner Glenn Mulready. This is a podcast about insurance for insurance folks, risk managers, and business leaders. We'll dive deep and look at what is and isn't working, talk to leaders in the industry, and keep you informed on what's happening in Oklahoma and around the country. Well, welcome to another uh, Mulready Minutes uh, podcast. We're glad that you have joined us. We have a special guest today with a topic that is um, close to my heart and that our department is focused on. And uh, so I want to introduce uh, to you Jerry Messick. Quickly, I'll just read through his bio so I don't miss anything. But uh, Jerry has over 38 years experience in the insurance and alternative risk transfer industry and is the principal and CEO of Elevate Risk Solutions. You know, I'm in about 38 years too, so we've okay. been... We're both old or we're both been out a while, yeah. huh? it's, it's old, I think. <laughs> both of those. <laughs> um, prior to becoming CEO of Elevate, Jerry was with the National Provider of Alternative Risk Services since 1985. He was heavily involved with updating the legislation in Oklahoma governing captives. In his position with Elevate, he's an approved captive and traditional insurance company manager in multiple jurisdictions, both onshore and off. Jerry surrounds his personal life with his wife, Kristen, and four boys. We were just talking about how we share that. I've got three sons, and Jerry's uh, had to corral four in his uh, <laughs> life. Uh, he's a licensed pilot, a scuba diver, private investigator, and nationwide competitor in action pistol shooting. It's like the most interesting world descript- uh, man description or something. Yeah. He's also the founding member and founding president of Oklahoma Captive Insurance Association, which we're going to talk about uh, today. So, Jerry, thanks for being with us. Appreciate you taking time Glenn, to shed some me. light in your world and space. You bet. You bet. Um, let's talk about, um, t- t- tell me, so so in 85, it said you started there and we got a little bit of that, but yeah. how, has, how has your career evolved in that captive space? Well, you know, most of us fell into this, right? Uh, my dad actually, in 1977, went to work for a company here in Oklahoma City to help start up Plyco which was Physicians Liability Insurance Company. That was the captive for the Oklahoma State Medical Association. So uh, unfortunately, he passed away in 81. I was getting my pilot's license out at the airport and bumped into the CEO of the company that my dad worked for. And so we started talking a little bit, and I knew how to type. It was still the best class I've taken in high school. (laughs) Uh, And so I got the secretary's job uh, for the aviation producer, and that's how I started in the business. But since then, just worked uh, really exclusively with captives and alternative risk. So we worked on the Anheuser-Busch captive. Uh, that was back, I guess, when I was 23. Uh, and then just started from there, uh, going working into the captives and, and getting to know people like Gordon Amini, who uh-huh. used to be the general counsel uh, here. He's since retired. But uh, Gordon has taught me a lot about that and uh, been blessed to, to work with some great people. Good. So, the you know, that captive world – we, we actually have done one episode, one of our earlier ones was mm-hmm. on captives with, as I jokingly referred to as the queen of captives, but uh, sure. uh, so kind of opened up that, that story. But the captives allows for folks, number one, a lot of flex, a lot more flexibility. So talk to us, will you, about the advantage of a captive, who does a captive, sort of sure. some basics. Yeah, I think it's, it's people that are tired of throwing money over the fence. Right, and the premiums, and usually you have to be fairly good sized with premium spend on an annual basis to be able to qualify, right? Because it costs money to set up and manage the captive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so companies that usually spend somewhere north of $750,000 a year in total premiums, that's for a single parent, which is owned by, so you think of Apple, right? Uh, they have a captive that insures Apple Care for the iPhone, 
uh, and that's what you pay them for. Well, that money goes into their captive. So it allows companies to be uh, flexible, right, and reactive to their clients' needs as well. So uh, a number of companies will take high retentions, high deductibles on their commercial policies, and then they'll put that into the captive because they have good loss experience. So why not save that money and make that profit and you can invest it in the captive? And over time, hopefully, uh, you'll build up a reserve of surplus. Got it. Well, we might have to edit out that mention of Apple or at least send them an invoice maybe to, uh, <laughs> for that. I recommend free the plug. invoice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so there, there, there's that piece, but uh, from, from group captives, yeah. talk a little bit about that or how that might differ from your single parent where they're just taking care of their own risks. Yeah. Think. Group captives are, are probably one of the biggest growing segments of the insurance, uh, insurance industry right now. So we manage a number of group captives, and I'll give you an example. This, uh, this one group captive that we manage is for commercial contractors. And as you can imagine, commercial contractors pay a lot of money uh, for their general liability, their workers' compensation, and, uh, uh, and their, uh, their other lines. So we built this captive. And without getting too technical, it's fronted by a very large uh, A-rated insurance company so they can meet their certificate requirements. But this captive sits in the back. It reinsures that big carrier. And so it gives them a lot of control uh, over their own destiny. And so if at the end of the year they have kept more premium than they spent out in claims, they get to keep that money. And over time, that can be as much as 30 or 40% of their premium. Wow. So it's significant savings. Yeah. Um, and and the risk side of that, you know, absolutely. You know, when you're transferring risk to a traditional insurance company, that I don't know, that risk is gone. It is. Talk to me about the it is. risk that's transfer kind of sleep, in this world. Yeah, that's kind of sleep insurance for some company owners too, right? <laughs> they like to buy that insurance and not have to worry about it. For those who have really good risk management programs, though, and they understand what their loss profile is, right? How much money's going out in claims, and they can control that with good risk management programs. They want to keep that money. Right, So we put a small layer of risk in the captive, and then we buy reinsurance in turn for the captive. So kind of think of it as a stop loss, right? There's only so much money they can lose in the year, right? Uh, but again, for those that, uh, and, and obviously, I guess, backtracking a little bit, you want the best risks in those captives. Yeah. You're not putting in 120% loss ratio accounts in that, right? Uh, because that's not what you want. You want to be able to save that money for them and invest it and, and earn income over time. Yeah, I think the overriding part of that is y- you want in captives those that are aggressively risk managing and are attuned to that and are doing something about it as opposed to companies, if I can say it, that are, that are lazy. <laughs> you know what, that's, that's an excellent that. point. Uh, we managed a group captive now uh, almost in its 20th year. And this is for nonprofit, faith-based nursing homes. And of course, you can imagine medical malpractice is a very expensive line of business. This company's averaged about a 25% loss ratio over those years. So it just kind of prints money for them. Uh, and they've been doing it for 20 years now. Wow. So it's, a, it's been a very, very successful platform. Great, great success story. Yeah, it really has. So you mentioned that Group Captive is, uh, is a, a growing, quite a bit of growing. What else is coming or what's, what's, what's the newest in in the captive world, or where do you see that things going? You know, we've gotten a lot of phone calls on cyber, mm-hmm. right? Especially in the healthcare and the financial services. You look at a bank right now, and I spoke with one not too long ago um, in, a, in a close state, uh, proximity to Oklahoma, that was paying a half a million dollars for a million dollar limit 
and they had a $250,000 deductible. So you add that up and you think, okay, there's only 250,000 no to coverage. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? So that's what's going on in that market. Uh, and so people are looking because they can't afford that. They, yeah. they can no longer afford that. So they're looking to band together, right, and create a group platform for cyber. Medical stop loss, uh, health insurance, right? We all know that that's kind of out of control. The trend factors on that's running close to 10% uh, this year. So banding together, and kind of acting as a shock absorber, right, for the, for the captive, it actually levels things out. And if, you know, if companies aren't using their, their health plan as a, a benefit, true benefit, and a marketing tool to not only retain their employees, but go out and solicit new ones, they're doing it wrong, right? They need to be actually pouring more money into those benefits for their employees. And yeah. we can show them how to do that with medical stop loss. Got it. Good. And uh, I might mention, selfishly make a plug, but uh, you were able to be a part of and, and a presenter at our first uh, IBT and Captive conference. Uh, I don't know what we were, about six weeks ago maybe or yep. something, yep. Uh, at the new Omni Hotel. It was a huge success for us. We had 289 people attend. Um, beautiful setting. We just we got a lot of great comments. And thanks for you and other presenters that uh, added that content to that. So um, yeah. any comments on the, on the conference or... Yeah, let's do, it. You had there. let's do it again. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to tell you, I had folks that flew in from Delaware and Tennessee, and I, I forget how many different reps we had from the regulator uh, uh, side yeah, of the house. We had a dozen states. It was, uh, was it 12 or 14 mm-hmm. of them, uh, which was an incredible presence. But I have to tell you, they were calling me and saying, Jerry, that's honestly one of the best conferences we've ever been to. We'll be back. Uh, and I was just thrilled. Nice. I was thrilled to see that response. And, and Oklahoma is growing. And, you know, Glenn, quite frankly, that's because of your leadership. So I've been doing this a long time here in Oklahoma. He's unpaid. I am unpaid. <laughs> uh, but I don't mind touting that because it's uh, it's really important for the industry. And, and you've been a huge supporter of it. So we appreciate that. Good. Yeah, we had we had 12 insurance departments uh, in, in attendance, which was nice on, on both topics because there you know, it wasn't just the captive conference. We had IBT, which is a new concept for a lot of folks and it so um, uh, doing that and and it's been a focus of ours the captive we want to grow our captive uh, uh, division and we've we've been doing that and I'm this close not quite I uh, wanted to be able to announce our new a new captive director that's going to be coming in Fantastic. that uh, I think uh, you and others will be will be quite excited about so Unfortunately, not quite ready for oh, this that's too moment. bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's too bad. I'm excited to hear. Let's transition uh, briefly over to the Captive Association, the Oklahoma Insurance Captive Association. Yeah. So uh, this is a, a group, and, and a lot of states that have captive legislation on their books have associations. Uh, we built this one here in Oklahoma to do one primary thing, which is work with the department on improving the legislation, right? There's always tweaks. And I have to tell you something. Oklahoma has, has honestly uh, one of the most cutting-edge uh, pieces of captive legislation anywhere in the United States. I think there's about 38 or 39 states now with captive legislation. Back in the 70s, there were two. Uh, so you can see the growth of that, and Oklahoma's been a big supporter of that. And, and um, so the association is really intended to work with the department, so I'm thrilled to hear about the new director. I may be twisting your arm a little bit later, uh, but, but I think that's fantastic, and that will work very well with the association. And if you guys are interested in looking at it, it's okcaptives.org is the website. It's up and live right now. 
Uh, we're expanding the membership of it right now. Uh, so there's a, there's a form on the website. You can reach out to me, and I'm kind of steering this until we get the full board put together. Uh, and we're looking at different industry specialty, especially uh, owners. We want owners on the board mm-hmm. uh, of captives. I mean, those are the folks that are really driving, you know, what it means to own a captive and, and, and manage one. Yeah, so. good. So it was it was started a while ago, and we did some things, kind of yep. hit, hit a lull, and now we're it did. You're, you and others yep. are, uh, are reactivating that and, and getting that rolling. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we're, we're looking forward to it. We're reaching out to actuaries, to auditors, to tax preparers, uh, captive managers as well. I've spoken with a number of those. They're all willing to step up and serve on the board. So we're excited about having that. Yeah, that is. That's real exciting in, uh, in that space. Well, Jerry, as we uh, as we wrap up, um, anything else within your world or within the captive world that we need to know about or that you'd like to discuss? Anything you at know, all? yeah, I, I think that you know captives are are really now becoming more known. Uh, you know, it used to be that that we would reach out and of the ten prospects or of accounts that we would talk to, probably eight or nine of them had never even heard of a captive. I think that number's down around maybe three or four. Haven't yeah. heard of a captive, right? Uh, and so the education is really important, and that's what we're trying to reach out and do right now, trying to develop Oklahoma uh, as as the penultimate platform for captive insurance companies. And I think we'll get there. Good. I guess that and that makes your world a little bit easier. You don't have to spend near as much time educating. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's still quite a bit, yeah. but that's good. exactly right. So we're thrilled about the future of captives in Oklahoma, and appreciate your support very much. Good. Well, Jerry, thank you for, for joining us for this uh, this version of the Mulready Minute podcast. Uh, you've been with us with uh, Jerry Messick uh, with a vast experience in the captive world. And so uh, you can reach him online. Absolutely. Jerry at ElevateRisk.Solutions. Okay. Uh, yep. You heard it there. And um, we will see you next time. If you found this episode informative, please subscribe and share with your colleagues. Visit oid.ok.gov slash podcast. Let us know what topics you would like to hear about on this podcast. Until next time, take care from the Oklahoma Insurance Department.